Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right, straight to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline we go. Dr. O'Malley from BMS standing by. Doc, happy new year. How are you? I'm good. Happy new year to see you guys. Well, thank you. We uh, are going to dive into a few NFL items. We've got to ask you about Nick Smith as well and his situation, although none of us are really, uh, I guess we're all kind of in the dark a little bit about what's going on there. But uh, let me ask you about the most pertinent or, I guess, hottest topic of conversation, which is what happened in the NFL game on Monday night to Hamlin from the Bills. And it was such a unique, strange, scary moment. And, I mean, I guess we're all glad that we haven't seen really that happen before, but um, without knowing, obviously, intimately what happened there, what what's your best guess, if you have one, on what, what happened there? Yeah, so best guess is he had what's called commotio cortis, um, and essentially it's a direct blow right to the chest, um, and it essentially hits the heart at the exact moment that essentially sends the heart electrical circuit in haywire, and it stops working, and you essentially go into B-fib, and your heart stops stops working. And that's why they had to shock him, um, and then they intubated him because it's very common when you have a patient like that that their heart's not functioning correctly that you want to protect their airway, and that's probably why he was intubated as he was uh, being taken off the field. Why is it hard to get their heart back started quickly and, and get them back up and running? I mean, that sounds very basic well, from an idiot, but you know what I mean? Yeah, because there's electrical currents, and I mean, I'm I'm the dumb orthopedist, right? I'm not a heart, I'm not a cardiologist or a electrophysiology um, expert when it comes to the, to the heart. But essentially, it's the electrical currents in the heart are needed to run. That's actually what triggers your heart to, to fire and those muscles to pump um, like they're supposed to. And so, if you don't get that electrical signal functioning like it's supposed to, thus the heart's not going to pump, and you're not going to perfuse your brain and your organs with blood that are oxygenated to keep you alive. And so that was where the CPR came into, where they came out. He was he was he probably didn't have a pulse, and that's why they immediately started CPR, is to make sure that he's getting the oxygen that he needs until they could get his heart functioning like it's supposed to. And then the AED, best guess, was used to reshock the heart to get it back in rhythm and get it functioning like it's supposed to. Are AEDs uh, around here, like at high school games, basketball games, baseball games? Are those widely available? Yes, they they, they are. Most every or really every trainer is going to have them with them when they're covering events. They carry an AED with them, uh, and then most gyms should have them. And if they don't, they definitely should. They need to have them. Like even like you go to the gym. Like uh, when I worked when I was at Orange Theory, Orange Theory has one um, because that's what we found is that. As much as like CPR as essential, that for most cardiac events, being able to shock them back into the rhythm as quickly as you can is actually the best chance to survive a cardiac event. And so that's why having AEDs available. And right now they're all automatic, right? You put the pads on. It shows you where to put the pads on so anybody can do this. Somebody goes down. The first thing you do is somebody starts just chest compressions. You don't even have to give breasts anymore. Uh, and then somebody else goes and grabs the AED, you put the pads on, and then you, the machine will tell you what you're supposed to do from there. And if they need to be shocked back in rhythm, that is the best likelihood of somebody who has a cardiac event to survive that cardiac event the, sooner, the quickest they can be shocked with the AED. Uh, yeah, I will say this. If I walk into a gym and they've got one there, that makes me think that uh, that workout's going to be a little bit much for me. I'm going to look somewhere else probably to go work out. Um, so <laughs> well, they should have one. Every gym oh. should have an AED. Okay. Those are the situ- right. That's the place where somebody's exerting themselves where they're more likely to have a cardiac event. 
Um, that some, and a lot of these events, most of them aren't like Hamlin, right? Hamlin, this is a one-off. Um, the, and you hear this in like lacrosse or baseball players or somebody taking a direct blow to the chest and they can have this happen, but it's very rare. Most of the time when you hear about athletes having a cardiac event, they have something like hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which is an underlying heart condition that they didn't know they had, and the stress from the, from the sporting event triggered essentially a heart attack. And that's where a lot of times the AEDs are in our younger patients. That's most of the time what they have, not this commotio cortis where you take a direct blow to the chest causing essentially a heart attack. Gotcha. Um, and so the AEDs are extremely helpful in saving lives in those, and really in both of those situations. But in most of our athletes, it's not commotio cortis like Hamlin. It's more it's an underlying heart problem that they didn't know they have, which is why we don't see these events in pro athletes because they've been screened so well. Mm-hmm. You hear about more heart issues in our younger amateur athletes because we try to screen them, but there's only so many, so much resources in terms of ruling out all of these really bad problems that are super rare um, that athletes can have. Uh, Doc, let me ask you about Derrick Henry and his situation. Obviously, the Titans are in the midst of one of the great meltdowns we've ever seen in the NFL. They are about to lose their division and be bounced from the playoffs after losing, what, seven in a row? Eight in a row, whatever it is. Uh, But before we get into that, I don't know if you guys know this or not. I started delving into Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry has always been a guy that looks like a fish out of water. He does not look like a running back. He doesn't perform like a normal running back. He is a freak of nature. He is one of the most elite um, special kind of guy. I mean, it's basically Wilt Chamberlain kind of performance to me when you look at what he's done. Can you imagine this guy in high school? Because I can't. I started looking into his history. His freshman year in high school, he rushed for 2,465 yards. His senior year in high school, he rushed for 4,000, yes, 4,261 yards and 55 touchdowns. He ended his career at uh, Uli High School with over 12,000 rushing yards and 90 90- touchdowns the man is not indestructible but he sure performs like it a lot of times what is it going to take to get him on the field doc what's he dealing with um what did they say his most recent injury is i don't know that i've heard i think his most recent injury is the win over dallas didn't mean anything to the titans yeah that was his most serious one i don't know if it was strictly rest but I heard that he was a little dinged up, and I'll, I'll look into it a little bit here. Yeah, so it looks like it's a hip injury. I mean, I, I think it's just really how, based off what I'm seeing online, is just in terms of getting back as quickly as he can um, from a from a pain standpoint. And then, I mean, the problem is he's a huge component to that offense, and without him, um, it's going to be really hard for them to win because um, their quarterbacks aren't that great anymore um, from the Titans. So. I think it's just a pain. And the problem also with with a, a specimen like, like Derrick Henry is that, I mean, there's a lot of force on his body, and that's why he's had these foot injuries like he's had for so long. It's so that he runs so hard and so fast that his foot is seeing an extreme amount of force, and he lifts like he does. I mean, he is it's just a lot of stress on his body to play that position and to work out to the way that he does. He is a physical specimen, but you can see from time to time his body does um, show that there's a lot of force being placed on it. Um, okay. You don't think Josh Dobbs can throw for 400 yards this weekend? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I would okay. not bet on that. All right. <laughs> How about Jalen Hurts? He's the other one. Philly's got to decide, do we hold him out, take our chances, and hope that we can win the game and get the one seed? Or do they play him? And obviously this is an injury that's been nagging him for a few weeks now. Yeah, so I mean, it sounds like he's got like an AC separation, which is a typical 
um, sprain of the shoulder, right where the collarbone attaches to the shoulder. It's very common, um, and particularly our throwing athletes, it can be debilitating for a while, and really it's just back when they can play. Um, and so, um, like Gideon Moach, right, who's the, the he ended up uh, getting MVP for Bryant uh, when they won the state championship. Uh, he had won the beginning of this of his of the, the season, and he was able to come back from that. But it took him three or four weeks till he was throwing a football. And so Jalen Hurts, it all depends on how bad that strain is. It could be two weeks. It could be, and got to wait till the playoffs before he's ready to go. Yeah, they said one to two weeks at the beginning, and it's been two weeks. And if they were able to win this game, then they get the bye. Then, you know, if they didn't play him in this game, three or four weeks, so you would think he'd be good to go for the playoffs. What if he played this week, they win, then they get the week off? It, I mean, is that – I mean, could that be enough rest, even though he played in one week, as long as he doesn't, I guess, fall on it again or get hit there? Yeah, right. That's the concern is you got to make sure he's not getting sacked, and then you're also, if you can manage him correctly. If, I mean, I think a lot of it is, is, is the medical staff you're taking care of him during the week. You're seeing how he's playing, how he can practice. Can he throw the ball well? And then can he is he at a place where he can take a hit to the shoulder and do it and be able to continue to play? And if he can do that, uh, I mean, you probably try to play him this week, see how he does and then pull them as quickly as you can if you can get the lead in the game um, so that you're hopefully not re-injuring the shoulder. But that is the risk that they will take if they do play him this week. Doc, we are all confounded a little bit by what's going on with Nick Smith Jr. We, there's been very little information from the Hill, and that's fine. We kind of expect that in these these days and times. But uh, it, it's a unique situation. Any thoughts on what might be going on there and whether – you know, again, I keep asking myself, like, if he sits for a month, can he play the rest of the season and help them on a stretch run into the NCAA tournament? Or is this something that may take an extended period of time? Does he need some kind of procedure done? I mean, I know we don't know much, but any thoughts on what's going on there? It's kind of a weird deal. And all the years I've been covering sports and certainly Razorbacks, I don't remember anything like this. Yeah, it's completely – it's interesting because, like, I, I kind of wonder if they just don't want that information out there. Nick Smith and his agents don't want that information out there because of NBA teams when it comes to the draft. But, you, but NBA teams are going to get the information. They're going to MRI his knee. They're going to know what's going on in his knee. So, like, trying to hide this knee, I, I might best guess it's some sort of knee contusion, maybe a bone bruise. It's just not getting better. Because um, you, you, you would think if it is a meniscus tear, you would have already had surgery uh, to deal with the meniscus tear. And so um, I mean, keep calling it knee management. And if there's a tear or some cartilage injury, you're going to be able to deal with that from a surgical standpoint. So my best guess is it's something like a bone bruise that normally surgery, you don't do surgery for bone bruises. Mm-hmm. And so my best guess is that it's a non-surgical problem and thus, but it's just continued to linger, and that's probably why they're getting a, I guess I heard he's seeing a knee specialist uh, last night, and that's why he wasn't at the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I can see the, the fans' frustration because I think everybody would just like to know, hey, like, can we just get a general idea of what's going on? Like, knee management doesn't tell us anything. And you say, hey, he's got a bone bruise. That'll, that would actually take Musselman off the hot seat of all these questions he keeps getting asked. Um, but I, I understand it's really up to Nick Smith and whether or not he wants medical information released until Musselman is, is probably having to, to comply with that. Um, but I, I know it requires more, it's actually more questions than there are answers at this point um, with what's going on with him. Doc, you, uh, you work on knees, right? I do. Um, how many appointments you take after 8 o'clock at night on a I will see. Wednesday? I would if, if I had an athlete that needed it, needed it done at that time. I would do it, but that's what ends up. So, like a lot of a lot of patients that are flying out, a lot of pro athletes that go up to like LA, mm-hmm. um, or they'll go down and see like Jimmy Andrews down in Gulf Breeze. And so, it's when you get to that status of a orthopedic surgeon and you're taking care of 
Um, the, the elite pro athletes are coming to see you. A lot of the evaluations are happening at 8 o'clock at night. That's mm. what they sign up to do. I, I will do it if I, if I need to. Um, but, and I've done it. I've done plenty of after-hours uh, examinations if they need it. But um, it, it's, it's definitely routine for, for L.A. or going down to see Jimmy Andrews. It's very common for them to do. Well, I want you to know that I wouldn't trust my need to anybody but you. Well, I appreciate it. So we, I'm certainly not an elite athlete. <laughs> well, you try to be. I'm a weekend warrior. Just want to get the best of, there you go. We, yep. we take care of uh, elite athletes, the weekend warriors, the people who are just trying to play with their kids. There you so, go. Uh, we'll take care of whatever we need to. You're a good man. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate it. Yes, no problem. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. All right, go check in with Dr. O'Malley and his fine colleagues. They will meet you when you need them at their orthopedic clinics for UAMS, Colonel Glenn, Autumn Road, 2 Shackelford West Boulevard. Same or next day appointment availability. You can call them at 501-526-1046 or go to uamshealth.com slash orthopedics.